Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I am your host, Sean Walchef. This is a Cali BBQ Media production. Every week we talk about digital hospitality. That is our ongoing thesis. Every business needs to be digital first and every business needs to be in the hospitality business. What exactly does that mean? That means that every week we're trying to demystify the internet, trying to let people know that there's never been a greater time to get your media message out. So understanding how does marketing become media? Marketing becomes media through storytelling, through understanding how to use Facebook, how to use Instagram, how to use TikTok, basically how to use audio, video, written words, and images, and how do you get them consistently out on a basis that gets your brand top of mind on customers' um, smartphones. Ultimately, that's what we're talking about. Um, today's guest, we're really excited. They're uh, the Rye and D Enterprises. They are also launching a podcast. Ryan and Danielle, welcome to the show. Welcome, Sean. Thank you so much. You guys come over as a, as a mutual friend of David Meltzer, who's uh, my business mentor. I've had him on the podcast. I've repurposed some of my coaching calls with him, uh, but he has a very high frequency of putting out content out there on social media, digital media in a way that brings this ecosystem of people that want to be better. Um, Colleen uh, made an introduction to both you, um, to you, Ryan, and to you, Danielle, to, to our ecosystem. And I couldn't be more excited to have you guys on the show. Um, what you're doing in the personal coaching space, um, both for men and for women, is inspirational. And I know that comes from some darkness um, from both of you. Um, can you can you guys give us a, an idea of, of who you are and what you do so that our listeners can can better understand where we're going? Sure. Sure. Yeah. My name is Danielle. I am from the middle of nowhere, Kansas. I grew up um, with four sisters and parents that were together for about 18, 19 years, uh, had a really harsh divorce and put me through major panic attacks. In the setting of these panic attacks, that was a main pivotal point in my life where I was ready to get out. So I ventured across the globe and journeyed through a life of what I thought would be music. I love to sing, and that's one of my internal hobbies that I desire to do still to this day. However, I had a setback because I didn't know what I wanted and I felt very lost at that time. So in those moments, I wanted to cling on to something, dependency, right? And I found this guy who was, you know, one of the biggest charmers in the game and thought he had it all. Well, he put me through bad, bad domestic violence. So I had to deal with um, very, very bad situations such as a gun to my head and living a life of growing and helping a child, raising a child, um, which is not something that I thought I was very good at at the time and something that this guy pretty much forced upon me. But um, in this moment, that's where I felt um, inspired to want to help others. I wanted to be an advocate of domestic violence because what I went through was something that I didn't think anybody else could survive from. And actually following that moment, I met a lady who was in spiritual healing. This lady changed my life dramatically. We went from, like I said, a setback to a comeback. 
it was inspiring what she did for me. She led me through the law of attraction and meditations and just all spirituality in a realm. And it was beautiful. So today I'm helping others as an advocate of domestic violence and as confidence to help inspire women across the globe. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. I know that's uh, it's a it's very difficult to speak your truth, but once you do start speaking your truth, you start to realize that pain pain is something that we all experience, and that's what resonates with people is when you know we're willing to share our vulnerabilities, and that's ultimately what makes us who we are. Ryan, I, I know you have a an, another compelling story of of how you got to where you are. Can you share that with us? Yeah, I appreciate that, Sean. Um, yeah, Danielle's story is quite uh, the one that is not probably from the norm, but one that is more frequent and unfortunate than you think. So my my upbringing was just from a middle, typical middle class, actually, parent. One of my, my dad's side grew up in Kansas, very close to where Danielle grew up, ironically enough, mom in the St. Louis side. Um, just typical, normal family. My parents had good, stable corporate jobs, um, climbed up the corporate ladder. And I remember, you know, the typical Italian family, we would have dinner nights around the dinner table, um, make these big, lavish meals. And I would always see my parents, you know, they would come home around 536 every day, come home, relax a little bit, cook, and then go work until the end of the night. And I grew up seeing this routine, this perpetuation of what I call blah or just normalcy. And someone that almost, I don't want to say my parents gave up, but now looking back, it was a way where they're almost on autopilot. Like they felt good, but that my parents, I knew and I felt it in myself, lacked this fulfillment that I felt other people around me, especially as I matured around the people who I um, introduced myself with and associated myself with. I, I saw that that's something that is for sure lacking. But I grew up, Sean, right now, I'm a six foot guy, about 245. <laughs> I was never always this size, but I used to be the same height, 155. So I was like a little stream bean. And I joke with myself, but most people before high school knew me to be more of a lean guy, played soccer, played basketball. And I really developed a passion for working out. So I got into working out mainly, I think, because if I'm being vulnerable with myself, I always wanted to be like an Arnold Schwarzenegger type looking guy. <laughs> Media portrays this is the dude, this is the guy you need to be. So I actually worked my butt off day in, day out. For probably 10 years, I showed up at the gym five to seven days a week. Wow. And I'm now almost 100 pounds more, but I didn't do that. I'm, I'm very open about speaking. I didn't do it in the best of ways. For the most part, it, it was a lot of hard work, consistency, but there was a period, Sean, in 2012, when I, right after I turned 21, I started taking performance-enhancing drugs. Um, obviously, they with the right tenacity, diet, everything, it worked. I obviously got results. I thought I was on top of the world and I did pretty well for a number of years. But today, body feel like I'm 90 years old. Body hurts every joint. I've had two shoulder surgeries, back hurts, knees blown. I mean, it's a, it's a full all around um, negative effect from taking these. And when I look back and what has inspired me to be where I'm at today is I'm an advocate on doing things correctly or understanding the risks. Why are you going down this road? Because most people, 
would be shocked to know the percentage of people that are in just your, your local gym who are probably male or female on something for a performance enhancing drug. And this doesn't have to just be steroids. There's so many products out there that are not healthy for you that most people misuse. And most of America, they portray a woman look a certain way or a man. And I fell into that. So what Danielle and I really teach is now going through and saying, you are enough, you're worthy. You do matter. So um, that's something that my background is. And, and I went to school at an all-women's school. <laughs> I was one of three men that became co-ed wow. a number of years back. So Texas Women's University. So shout out to them, whoever knows that, that uh, smaller school. But I, I became a, a dietitian um, because I saw people around me who were always unhealthy. My uncle was an entrepreneur, was an inspiration to me, and he was obese his whole life. And he passed away three years ago and it really resonated with me. So um, it's a, a reason why I got into the field I did because the people around me unhealthy. And then I also got into it because I just wanted to look a certain way. So I kind of through that, I, I found that I was going down a path of what people called your passion. I actually got a job selling cookware door to door. I don't know if you know Zig Ziglar, you probably heard of the name. Yeah. Of course. He used to sell cookware in the 50s, door to door. So I got trained by him, at least I had one talk before he passed away, he spoke to the company. Phenomenal guy. And I went down that road of being my own entrepreneur on the nutritional side. But what I will say is I learned over the years, don't necessarily do what you're passionate about, bring your passion everywhere with you. Um, and I learned to enjoy the things I did for my quote unquote day job. So I did um, in 2013, get into professional sales and healthcare distributor, one of the largest um, in the world, um, did extremely well, was on the corporate ladder following my uh, parents' footsteps, did well, I enjoyed it, learned a lot, got to travel, um, be around great people, but I felt like I was disconnected, even though financially stable, I grew more and more upset, depressed, not connected to any purpose. And that really developed my knack of trying to find what connects with me, what's my gifts, my abilities, and where do I see myself? And um, three years ago, I met Danielle. We uh, hit it up real well, and we have so much in common. And we just want to take our stories that I know resonate with so many different people and be able to apply those and add value to other people's lives. Yeah, I think it's a phenomenal story. And one of the reasons why I was so excited to have you guys on as a guest is, you know, this podcast, you know, specifically digital hospitality, I've been so fortunate to interview incredible people like David Meltzer, people in sports media, people that have YouTube followings like Sam, the cooking guy of two and a half million subscribers, uh, people that are incredible at business, people that are established podcasters. But I've also had people that are at the start of their journey and what we call like their digital media journey. And I feel like every single day I'm back again at the start of my digital. So no matter what we've accomplished in the last 13 years, I still feel like we're a startup. Like we're still learning how to publish better content for our blog. You know, Stover's working on different things, how to get more distribution for you know, Spotify or making sure that we're leveraging our relationships or building content that we can split into social and use, you know, interviews from the clips. You guys are just about to launch 
your podcast for your brand. You already have an established coaching business. You're already putting out compelling content on LinkedIn where you're getting so much engagement on the video posts that you're doing. So, you know, I really was excited because I, I want to talk to you guys about that. You know, anybody that's listening to this podcast, they care. We talk about the game within the game. So we all know that we need to be on social media for our business. Like you go and you see the brands that are winning in hospitality or if they're winning in coaching or if they're winning in whatever business they're selling, they've got a great Instagram page. They've got a great, they're putting out content on LinkedIn, their Facebook page is engaging, you know, they're tweeting, they're doing things that you get it and you go, wow, that person is, they're in their A game. You know, they're playing on all the digital playgrounds and they're playing compelling content, like with truth vibrating, not just we're posting to post, but we're actually posting compelling content for each platform. Can you guys talk me through the evolution of why do you want to launch the podcast? Well, yeah. Well, I just want to say real quick, and this wasn't planned for the audience and Sean doesn't know this, but my, just to give confidence or instill a, a real need to have a digital presence. So for people who think it's not for them, I think this might resonate. I never, ever made a Facebook in my life. <laughs> I'm 31 years old, Sean, so I've never made one. I never was on social media and I thought it, I thought only doing business with people in, in, in person was the way to go. And our life changed even, it was very recent, even towards the end of last year, when we really cranked up our digital media presence and aligned ourselves with the right marketing individuals. And the floodgates are open because there's no way, especially with the light and the landscape of COVID, to be able to do what you can do on social media. And I put out, and one reason was I didn't have the confidence or I thought someone did not value what I had to say. So that's important for anyone out there that is, you know, apprehensive or thinks that what they have to offer is this sub or is not even up to par to someone else. You're wrong. What everyone has to say, like you said, whether it's celebrity, A-lister, athlete, or just someone that is a typical startup in any town in the, in the world, you have something to offer and people can resonate with that. And Danielle and I, she could share, we've had some unbelievable feedback just because we poured our heart out and there is intentionality, there is strategy behind it. And 1000% I concur that having digital hospitality and presence is 1000% necessary to grow in today's age. Absolutely. And to add to that, it doesn't matter when you started, because I find it fascinating having me having LinkedIn for well over what, seven years. And he's maybe only 2000 people behind me now. And he just started. So it doesn't matter when you start. And it's the fact that when you start, how you can add value and, you know, getting the attention of the people that find value in what you have. So, yeah, yeah I think I, I love that. And one of the things that I think isn't discussed a lot is that we're all learning. So it doesn't matter who you admire on whatever platform it is like they're a craftsman or a craftswoman and they're learning how to utilize whatever new tool, whether it's Instagram reels or whether it's TikTok or whatever feature comes out. Ultimately, what we talk about on this podcast is it's storytelling. You know, ultimately it's digital storytelling. How do I get to the point where I'm using the camera app, I'm using the video and I'm talking to it, to my audience. And all I need is an audience of one, you know, back to what you were talking about is like, it, 
you're not talking to 100,000 people. Yes, you'd love to have 100,000 people. Yes, you'd have love to have 2.5 million people on YouTube following your content. But like, ultimately, talk to yourself of who you were two years ago. You know, give yourself the pep talk. Give yourself that was five years ago, you know, as a restaurant owner going from one restaurant to two restaurants. Like, talk to that person. And guess what? That's the person that's scrolling that's going to go. That's exactly the information that I needed to hear. Yeah. Well, and I love when you're, your question about podcasting, it's there's about what 1.3 million podcasts or so out there. There's tons of them. And most people would probably who haven't gone into it might question why go into a podcast, but having this long form platform like we're having right now, it's so important because we can hear the, um, you know, the syncrasies of you and I and all the nuances in a long form conversation that takes place. And the greatest thing is there's, there needs to be a podcast about almost every topic in the world. And to your point, Sean, if you just have the smallest Bible audience, you can have a podcast about, you know, cartoons all the way to barbecue, to um, business, to anything. And there's people out there that want need to consume that information. And it's almost like the new news. It's like you sitting at a dinner table with people who are well-connected, well-informed, and you learn and people find value in that. So Danielle and I, we have so many different great topics we want to talk about. It's not just about coaching, almost like your show is bringing in some of the greatest minds in different industries and, it, and wisdom comes through when we're able to kind of talk through these and why someone's driving to work, making breakfast or whatever they're doing while they're listening at the gym. It allows people to really understand how humans interrelate, how they connect. And we're all part of one tree, if you think of it like that. And as, as you know, Dave Meltzer says, one branch doesn't, you know, fly with the other. But I love that, that we're all connected, no matter what our backgrounds are. We have something to learn from everyone. We just have our heart open, our mind open. And to Danielle and I, it's important for us to connect with people on this type of a platform and medium, because without that, you only get some layers on some of the social media aspects. So once again, implementing your Facebook, your LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, as you mentioned, is critical, but having the extra layer of a podcast really lets people know who Sean is, who Ryan is, who um, Danielle is at a deeper level that allows you to connect, which is yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, I'd love to hear, Danielle, your one of the things we talk about all the time is your oh shit moment. So like this digital technology oh shit moment where you're, you know, using your iPhone or your smartphone and then you're publishing content. And it's always, you know, if I get my head back to when I first published our first video and I'm like, why was I not posting video content? And it was because of my fear. You know, it gets back to my fear of posting content about barbecue when I'm from San Diego. I'm not from Texas. You guys are from Texas. Yeah. It's like if someone from Texas is watching my video, this fucking guy better know what he's talking about. Right, exactly. He's a fraud. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Right? Yeah, <laughs> correct. So can you talk me through, I mean, obviously you have a singing background and you wanted to be a performer. It's a little bit different for you, but still, even as a performer in real life, there's a switch that has to happen with every entrepreneur and everyone that wants to get into digital media and content content, uh, making content, doing digital storytelling online, where you have to get out of your own way and go, fuck. I just got to do this. Like, I, it doesn't matter if anybody sees this. If I post this TikTok video and 14 people see it, like, I just need to do it because the act of doing it is going to get me to start to learn how to make the craft better. Absolutely. Yeah. You just, 
you, you're in that, um, this is where I implement self-care. When there is no judgment, don't worry about what everyone else thinks because when everyone goes back to it, the reason you're doing this is to better improve yourself each day anyway, right? So, um, you know, there's no perfect way to do a podcast. You just, you just find the strength and drive and just do it. And you constantly, you want to make a habit out of it. Of course, you want to do it every day. If you're constantly doing it every day, you're building that habit. Therefore, you're not really going to find much fear in the element of a podcast, it just comes naturally to you and you're going to learn to articulate information better. And, you know, and another thing I would um, add to that is watching other people's podcasts too. That helps you learn as well. So I think that going back to everything, it's just finding the drive, the momentum and finding those daily habits of which Ryan implements into his programs as well. So moment. Danielle, like, did you have, no like, what's that? I just had a no shit moment. Did you, no, do, no, but do you, did you have one when you're publishing content? Let's say on like on LinkedIn, when it, when you published for the first time and you notice like, oh, I've been on LinkedIn for seven years, like you said, but all of a sudden, like, wow, hey, Ryan, like, look at, look, you know, people are engaging in this video. Well, yeah, I actually started posting stuff that wasn't really relevant to what I love doing. That's funny you say that. So I started posting things and just talking or just images and I wasn't getting feedback. I'm like, Ryan, nobody's liking my stuff and I'm not used to this. You know, I mean, I'm used to like thousands of likes on, on Facebook. I was on there all the time. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I posted my first singing video and bam, it went ballistic. So, I mean, it's nice to, it's, it's doing what people find value in and what you love doing. Just post what you love doing and what you're good at. And I promise you targeting that right audience, you will get tons of feedback. Isn't that crazy? Once you, once you start speaking your truth, you think that nobody's going to give a shit or why am I posting? Like that's where the strategy part in, in all of us and myself included, where I have to get out of my own way. And if I feel compelled to post, I just post whether it has anything to do with any of my channels or whatnot, like I'm posting it because I think it's valuable. So someone else out there might find it valuable as well. I mean, the amount of comments that I get on my Instagram stories of when I'm posting it, like I did a ride on my Peloton, like I'm selling more Pelotons than (laughs) possible because my friends are seeing the Peloton. They're like, Hey, like, let's, let's ride together. Do you like the Peloton? Like, yeah, I fucking like it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, but what kind of platform you're on, for instance, you know, it used to be Facebook and it was Instagram. And it seems like LinkedIn is the, the thing nowadays, right. Or TikTok, for instance. So yeah, just putting your yourself on the right platform doing what you love and finding that target audience that values what you do you're going to get considerable feedback yeah and i think too i'm, I'm a, uh, a big follower of uh seth godin um sean and, and i know like for him like and i and i've said this for years that people think when they see these guys who post or you see content that might get more 
um, interaction that, that necessarily means it's better or worse. It's, you can't, comparing on what other people are doing, it is probably one of the most detrimental things someone can do, especially if you're, what if you're attracting the wrong type of people? Because we all know if you put certain type of photos out there, you're going to get probably more engagement. But is it going to be the engagement for your business or your intent? Or is it just to make you feel, you know, warm and fuzzy inside that people you might not know so well are pushing a button or reaction on your, on your photo? So the being with the smallest viable audience and connecting intrinsically and really feeling that void is important, but putting in the reps practice. So I think that's what Danielle and I learned just constantly working your craft as you do. It, it takes time to be fluid when you're in your story. Fluid. That's what life is story. People connect through stories. And if anyone has lived life, which everyone listening has, you have a story to share you just have to put it in words, and that is not always so easy. For me, I'm very well, I, I think I write pretty well, a lot, a lot better than I speak. So for me, going and getting in uncomfortable scenarios like these or being on in front of stages, in front of people, that's what I want to do, step in that fear, step in that thing where I know I can improve on. But it's just being able to allow people to understand, make it as easy, as tangible as possible. And it's a skill you learn over time. So can you guys walk me, walk me through why, why did you hire a, a business coach like David Meltzer? I feel like every single person on this earth needs a mentor because the knowledge that they acquire and have acquired over several years can be very beneficial to not only your personal self, but your business as well. And I feel like Dave Meltzer has definitely changed and raised the bar for especially Ryan, for instance, we went from zero any type of media, any type of photos. He didn't want to post anything, you know, about what it was little like a year ago, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And look where he is now. He's getting tons of posts, likes, and all because of mentorship as well and implementing those daily habits. I mean, you have someone that holds you accountable. You're going to be accountable for your actions. Yeah, and a coach, anyone in the world, as we all know, the, the um, analogies used, Tiger Woods, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Tom Brady, they all have coaches. It doesn't matter what level you are in your industry. A coach is someone who um, also, you know, brings out the, the most or the best in you. Like Danielle said, having that situational experience with a mentor, both are critical pieces to life. And it's okay to actually have multiple coaches. So Sean, that's something I've learned is like people might say, how do I know who's the ideal coach for me? Well, you're in your life, you're doing things right. There's different types of coaches for different walks of life. When you go through life or as you mature, you're at a different place. And those are also when new coaches can be brought up and that help you accelerate to the next level. But they do challenge you. They see things you don't. They make sure you're accountable um, because even if you have your spouse, a partner, Danielle and I are accountability partners to ourselves, but having someone who's a third party outside, they really keep you on track and it challenges you. And I'd say this, the number one thing that always made me upset with, when you tell someone you have a coach, two things that one is someone thinks you're weak and two, what's the ROI? So that, that's the one that makes coaches upset because how do I know that the coach that you're working with doesn't introduce you to someone that changes your life forever, who's a business partner, gives you that funding you needed for your business, provides confidence that you can write that book, sing that song, open that restaurant. 
So no doubt, 1,000%, if anyone talks about ROI, you can't put a price tag on a coach. Well, it's funny. The people that talk about ROI typically are, they don't want to confront their own fear. Mm-hmm. You know, anytime somebody talks about what's the ROI of starting a podcast, you're already in the wrong space for a podcast. You're living in a world of scarcity and not abundance. Correct. I mean, back to podcasting being a craft, it's it's literally, it's the act of learning how to distribute video and audio content on multiple platforms and create compelling storytelling so that somebody actually wants to listen. You know, the people and the relationships, the friends that I've made that listen to this show that are on all different parts of the planet. I mean, I couldn't be more grateful that they're taking the time to to listen to the, you know, they trust me as the host to bring on the most compelling guests that we can every week so that we can hopefully impart some knowledge, um, you know, some knowledge because every single week I know that I'm learning. And once I stop learning, then I know that I'm not producing a good show, you know, and Stover and I and Ian, my whole entire team. Now we have Toby on our team. Like we're trying to build an ecosystem where, you know, there's a quote by Steve Martin and it's be so good. They can't ignore you. So Cal Newport wrote um, a, a book called deep work, And the book's so good, they can't ignore you. Basically talking about everyone's out there chasing their passion. You know, thanks to Steve Jobs and his Apple speech, it's, you know, I need to find my passion. I need to find my passion. Well, a lot of the times your passion is going to be the hard work and the reps that you put in Mm -hmm. doing whatever you're doing, wherever you are, appreciating where you are right now in your journey. Then all of a sudden you start to see where things start to make sense. Like I never started the restaurant going, this is going to be my end all. I'm going to be a restaurant owner and that's it. No, I knew that there was something way bigger than what we were doing as a restaurant owner. And I knew that if I went down that path, good things would happen. Yeah, it's 13 years later. Now we're a barbecue media company. We're consulting for technology companies. We're making partnerships. We're doing all kinds of incredible things that I never had thought would have happened in 2008. But here we are. You know, here we are and here you guys are launching your platform, you know, getting the consulting that you need, the mentorship that you need. And, you know, back to what you said, Danielle, everybody needs not just a coach, but multiple coaches, you know, multiple coaches, multiple mentors, reverse mentors, where it's not just somebody that has more wisdom, but it's somebody that's younger that might understand technology or might understand a different thought process to, you know, the ecosystem that we live in. You know, I can't tell you how many times I talk to, you know, restaurant owners who aren't on social media. And then I go and interview someone like Casey Adams, who's a 21 year old has a top 50 podcast, you know, uh, rise of the young podcast. I have him on and he's like, yeah, when I meet another entrepreneur, I ask them for their Instagram page. And if they don't have an active, you know, profile there, they might as well not be in business. Yeah. True. Mm-hmm. Like that's straight from, straight from a 21 year old's mouth. Like, that's right. like I can't say that, but he comes on the podcast and he says that. And hopefully someone listening goes, holy shit, I need to get my act together. Like not only do I have my business Instagram, but like, I'm also the owner of my company. I'm also the CEO. Like, who am I? You know, if I want to go and give a speech at a trade show about what we're doing as our, in our business or in our industry, I need to have an updated profile. <laughs> if I don't have an updated profile, if I'm not putting out content, you know, who am I? When I Google my name, what comes up? 
Right. Yeah. Thank you, Casey, if you're listening. <laughs> shit moment. <laughs> oh, shit moments is right. Well, and that's like your resume in a way, the modern day resume, because people don't look at those paper. You can, you know, doctor up, manufacture anything you want to say, but seeing who you are as a person through the different lights, utilizing with and angling, you know, what different um, platforms are like, that's, that's critical. And to your point, um, to go back, Sean, on, on the passion part, I found there was a slight difference when I was mixing up passion in my calling. So like my passion, I was passionate about the health and nutrition, but my calling is to help people maximize their life where I'm at today. Danielle's is on the females and empowering them to feel worthy. But I always thought I was passionate about, I was focused or entrenched in that. And it's not it's not a bad thing to be doing what you're passionate about. You want to bring the passion with you. So I think that was something that the people that we coach struggle with. They walk this fine line where I don't know what I'm passionate about. And every day they have this worry and they're so distracted, so overwhelmed. They can't get clear enough. And as you say, out of their own way to see what do I truly like to do? What do I want to do? And how do I want to spend the my life? And it's okay to not know what you want to do today. I think everyone is on this fictitious and arbitrary thing called time, which doesn't exist. And to your point, you said from 08 till now, if, you, if someone would have told you in 08, it would take you what, almost 12, 13 years. 13 years, yeah. It's not easy. So like, as the, yeah, you, know, you can't comprehend. I mean, I can't, comp- my, my son is going to turn four. My daughter's going to turn to this summer like thinking of my son being what 13 years from now being 17 like like I, he's four <laughs> he's four they want to watch raya and the dragon and coco and all these pixar movies like 17 no chance what do you i can't i can't think that far down the road <laughs> no you can't you know and not only that but you know starting my journey with music i i'm not going to disclose his name but i had a a high level individual that I met when I was 18 years old, that all he asked was for my music, my portfolio to pipeline to the right person. Did I give him that? No, I didn't. Why? I don't know. I guess I didn't feel the worthiness and which is what I teach now. So maybe going through all of the hard trials that I went through got me to this point and now on the back end, I am actually doing music still and going to be performing with the right person, my guitarist. So. Wow. That's cool. Those, yeah. Oh, Ryan, you said something that, you know, when you guys hired the business coach, when you hired David, um, you weren't putting out any content before. What I'm always fascinated with people that are on the cliff. Mm-hmm. And then the people that push them off the cliff, but what, like, it's always you it's, you know, yes, the business mentor inspires you to jump off the cliff. And I consider myself a, a cliff pusher where I push people off, like, just start posting content, just do it. Like you need me to say it, but you already know it in your heart. So like, what did David say to you or what was the unlock where you go, where, where you, you changed how you, how you view uh, putting out content? Yeah, I mean, he he told me, number one, is the quality of your life is, is surrounded by the quality of your questions. So I think I was, I think that I had so much inside of me, like so many people probably on your show do. And, and if they're struggling getting it out, he, his thing is, is you can't afford to not 
get this out. You need to be in the raw form when you're here talking to me like we are on the phone, like we, we do frequently, Dave and I, and you need to get this stuff out because if it's not out, no one's going to know who you are. And, and you just got to be comfortable and getting the different um, uh, ways. Like for me, I always thought if I did a video, Sean, this is how funny I was. I thought it had to be like this, you know, sophisticated, organized thing and it has to be, no, people don't need that. They just want you to be, if you're driving your car, if you're doing an interview or you're talking to someone, having that nice raw footage is kind of what Dave told me is that you need to get that because people need to see that you're someone who connects on different levels, different perspectives, and people, you already know the, the rule of compound interest, and the more and more it comes out, it truly does work. Because I, I like Danielle said, I had zero people engaging with my content. And if you just show up, not once a week, not three times a week, but seven days a week, as he said, every day show up, even if it's two minutes a day, I truly do that. Two minutes a day is better than two hours on the Saturday, so... Um, that's where I'm at, Sean. And I think my aha when he said that is like it, it, the proof's in the pudding. So people are now asking for coaching programs. People are asking for Danielle and I to be mentors to them. And some of these guys, that's what, to your point on a reverse mentor, we're younger than the people who are asking for us for help. Yeah. So I don't look at chronological age. I never have. I've always been surrounded by people probably twice my age. But I think that that's a blessing. It humbles us. We're forever grateful that people who are twice our age, it's just, it doesn't matter what walk of life, where you came from, people need support. People want to be, our whole thing is, is allow people to feel that they're heard and that they belong. So what greater thing like you having a podcast you have a story you're being heard and being belonging it's a core, core people who resonate with your story and the value you bring to this world and for sure to, to add to that people ask me all the time how do you do it with your spouse <laughs> i will tell you today we are neck and neck with each other sometimes. <laughs> the best part is the fact that we're able to keep each other accountable. And the fact that we offer something for each person, I can help him. He helps me and builds this beautiful foundation. So if you're wondering how we do it, we have our own offices and we communicate a lot and hold each other accountable. So yeah, that is great advice. And it's something that it's, it's important. You know, my, my wife, the amount of support that she gives to our barbecue media company, you know, being here, taking care of the kids, but I mean, she's played an active role in developing our restaurant brand and supporting the Cali barbecue media brand. But, you know, she's just as comfortable now getting on video and, you know, whether we're promoting a cocktail, Tiger King cocktail that we're selling to go, um, you know, she's willing to get on because she she understands the game within the game. She understands the game that is happening for all the people that are willing to put themselves out there. And it's scary. You know, it's scary as hell. It's easy to listen to the podcast and to nod your head and to go, yes, you know, yes, Danielle. Yes, Ryan, that sounds good. We should do it. Okay, we should do it. And then after the podcast, you're like, okay, I'm going to make my first video. Ready? Now what? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Well, this one's not good. I'll practice and then I'll post it the next day. And then you don't post it. But like the the real magic is when you go, okay, I record. It's a, it's a funny thing that we're talking about this. Literally, we don't do second takes. 
Like I stopped doing second takes. It's literally, I, it's, if I'm go up on top of the roof and we're making a restaurant announcement, I give my phone to Steven, my catering manager, or to Aaron, our video production guy, like whoever has it, they're going to get the phone or I just do a selfie. It's literally at 60 seconds and that's it. That's <laughs> like, awesome. If I go back and review it, then maybe I don't post it, but it's like, that's what I said at that moment, no editing, no bullshit, post it. And then it's out on the internet. Real raw material. That's what yeah. everyone wants. And perfectionism is the number one holder back, you know, <laughs> I would say robber of all dreams because there's no such thing as perfection. And that's something that I, I think we struggle with. I, I personally, I wanted to have the perfect logo, perfect, you know, story, business plan. And the problem is you got to get out and do it. <laughs> I mean, how can you practice podcasting? How can you practice doing posting of the video if you don't do the video and see the feedback. And I think to your point, I think just hearing your wife being involved in what people tell Danielle and I, people want to learn the different aspect to Sean, to Ryan and Danielle. They don't want it to be like this, you know, ornate figure that is, you know, it's all curated and everything's just so like, we're not perfect. And I think people yeah. are, when you bring your guard down and there's uh oh moments and like, Oh, that was a mess up. People like that because it just shows that you're authentic you're genuine, but you're showing up. And I think people relate so much more. And I think that's what people are appreciating is that, um, that consistency and that transparency. Can you guys bring us inside the, the strategy behind publishing the podcast? What are you deciding as far as a weekly content, daily content, how long the show is? I mean, people that are listening to this, maybe they are inspired to start a podcast. Can you tell us, walk us through your process and, and when are you going to start publishing and what is it going to be like? Yeah, I, I think we're going to start for us. We want to do at least a once a week podcast to start. We want to um, have it where Danielle and I are probably going to be doing it our, ourselves where we're posting our original content, obviously, so people can learn more about who we are and bringing guests on. But having them about an hour or less, we feel, is ideal. Um, a, I, I do. So I'm a weirdo. I listen to some podcasts that are two hours plus, but most people don't have the time to do that. So I think having an hour or less, like you said, we want to, from a strategy standpoint, cutting that and using it as in different clips for different pieces of social media is crucial. But I know with all, the way we live, Sean, it's important to um, appreciate and work, even if it's a several minute segment of a podcast, that's where Danielle and I are at. We're not someone that has to always be exactly one hour, exactly 30 minutes, however long it goes. But I think ideally it's going to be under an hour to start once a week to do that and just keep people showing up. And eventually we could be doing more frequent ones and putting out obviously on the other social media platforms, other content that's woven in alongside the podcast. How close are we to launch? Probably at the end of the month. I would say the end of the month. <laughs> How many episodes have you recorded? We've zero. Yeah. We, yeah, we've had, so we've had, and we're calling ourselves up. We've had multiple times to do it and we have not done that yet. So we're, we put the goal and that's another thing. And this is great. Putting us on a timeline is keeping us accountable because we, for everyone listening to, we had the goal of by February, March, starting it and it's delayed. So February, March is, that's not what it's either February or March. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't February March me. Which one is it, Ryan? I know we're late. It was it was February. We slacked. We marched it. So, so no, it's March, April? Yeah. <laughs> no, it is it's eight, by the end of April 2021. 
2021, April 2021. So what what prevented you from from recording your first episode? Well, I'd say excuses, but we moved. Excuses. <laughs> that's that's honest. Honest is good. Yeah. Well, technically, so we actually caught COVID and we had this big ambition to start the beginning of the year. And we we both had it for about a month. And oh, wow. it was it very detrimental to our health. And so given that, that's when we started procrastinating and hit downhill. And now we're going uphill. So are you feeling better? Lots. Oh, yeah. hundred bucks. Yeah. 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 We're good. But yeah, I think there were just life. And that's another lesson. You know, life will always throw you curveballs. It's always going to be, there's never a great time to start this, to get into that. Or, hey, instead of sitting on the couch and this and watching shows, um, do, you know, staying on your phone and consume. And that's the thing. Social media gets a bad form. But to your point, knowing how to utilize it, how to balance if you can and shift and if you're a student of your calendar, making sure the things you do in your day are helping you go into the direction you want to. I think all of them have extremely big benefits, but uh, Danielle and I, we make sure that all hours of our day are maximized the morning. And I think the part that gets left out, Sean, is your evening. A lot of people probably listening. No one, most of the listeners that I've heard and, and people I talk to, they don't have a true like nighttime or evening schedule. It's more of a let's kind of you know relax, you know, talk with the kids, play with the kids, and, and then I think people finish week and they don't really close the day out well, and they yeah. wonder why they're behind in the morning trying to finish yesterday and today. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, one. Appreciate him, by the way, for what he has helped me with and accomplished. Because over the years, I was never good with my schedule. I was always kind of, you know, flopsy mopsy. Let's go do this and sporadically do this, you know. And he's really good with schedules and helped teach me how to set a good regimen, especially in your evening and setting like the phone aside and putting that away and, and taking care of yourself at the end of your day. That's awesome. Um, well, congratulations, you guys. I know you're having an upcoming uh, big celebration, big wedding. Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. October. Congratulations. That's uh, it's incredible. Um, and congratulations on launching the podcast. I know yes, that uh, that will be coming out soon. I'm not sure when uh, Stover, when this lands on our publishing calendar, but um, all of our fans that are listening, um, I know they'll, they'll love to know that your show is launched um, so that they can subscribe. Um, th- what's the name of the show and how can they, how can people best follow you guys? Yeah, it's a, at the Ryan D show. That's, um, that's the name of our podcast. Ryan D, which is R Y and D. Um, we'll put a link in the show notes. Um, Stover does a great job with that um, to make sure to direct people. And where's uh, where's your favorite digital playground for people to interact with you guys? LinkedIn. LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the key. Yes. We also have an Instagram as well at the Ryan D Show, and we'll make sure that in the show notes we'll provide all that you can click. But LinkedIn, Instagram uh, are places to find us. Perfect. Well, thank you guys for being an inspiration for all the people um, that you coach, but also to all the people that follow you. Um, it's important that, you know, it's kind of, you, you mentioned it earlier on during the show, but pe- people learn and they're inspired by seeing other people that they know doing things that they want to do. 
So, um, you know, anybody listening to this podcast, anybody that's watching, I mean, we're all on social media. It's, it's different to be on and consuming it than to create the content, um, create the content that you want to see and create the content that's going to help you build the business that you want to build and help the people that you want to help. Absolutely. Okay. So um, you guys stay curious, get involved, and don't be afraid to ask for help. You can always reach out to me, Sean at CaliBBQ.media, at Sean P. Walchef on all the social platforms, um, including Clubhouse. Are you guys on Clubhouse yet? We are. Yeah. We are on Clubhouse. So also follow follow us as well on, on Clubhouse. It's well. a great, yeah. great platform. Awesome. Very cool. Well, uh, Ryan, Danielle, you guys are awesome. Thank you for taking the time and um, we will catch you guys next episode.